Aloha and welcome to our first installment of Bible study. This is your host, Hawaii Psychic Geraldine St. Joseph. Yes, I do have the gift of prophecy as foretold in the Bible. For all of you who um, believe that the gift of prophecy no longer exists, I can assure you that it still exists. All the gifts, the spiritual gifts in the Bible, from my own experience, still exist in the world today. They may be few and far between. They may be difficult to discern, but they're out there. So I've been threatening to do this for a long time. I've been talking about doing a metaphysical Bible study. This is not your typical Bible study, obviously, since I'm not your typical teacher of Bible study. I have taught children the Bible for several years and spirituality, different spiritual aspects. I have studied the Bible. I was raised Catholic, and I have studied the Bible most of my life. I'm now 42. I would say I'm 43. I don't know why. Anyway, the book of Job has almost been haunting me this year. started in December, I think it was, when I was told by Spirit that I was supposed to study the book of Job and then disperse the knowledge. After I was told that, it would not leave me alone. And I don't know how many of you actually have read the book of Job thoroughly, but it's not the most exciting book in the Bible. And when I do, when I study Bible verses or a Bible story, which I generally don't do verses, I will do the entire story in order to know the context and to get the full meaning of the story. That's the only way to do it. I study it in several different versions of the Bible. Okay. Well, since Blog Talk changed their format and they've changed some things um, having to do with the switchboard, it seems like they're having more and more difficulty. So I may be changing where I'm hosting my show. If you want to keep in touch and you want to see what's going on, you can go on to Facebook. And if you look up my name, Geraldine St. Joseph, you will see several different pages. And like my pages, and I will let you know if I leave Blog Talk, because this is the second week in a row that they're having major issues. So just so you know. So let's go. Book of Job. Back to the book of Job. Some important concepts. As you're reading the Bible, you really need to be open to it and feel it. And generally what I do is I feel things in my body or if something comes up emotionally. Those are things that I pay attention to. This is the way we read the Bible. Some people don't understand the Bible has a lot of funny stuff in it. I find this more with the New Testament than with the Old Testament. Um, however, people think the Bible is sacred and you're not allowed to laugh at it. Well, one of the best teaching tools is humor. So to think that God would not use humor to teach us or that Jesus didn't have a sense of humor is just marching in the wrong direction. So, the parts that stood out to me, the things that yelled at me as I was reading the book of Job. Job 4.7, evil does not grow in the soil, nor does trouble grow out of the ground. No, 
Man brings trouble on himself as surely as sparks fly from a fire. This is true. We do bring trouble on ourselves, and we need to take responsibility for what we do. That is not saying that there aren't times when things happen to us that are beyond our control. When we talk about this, and this has to do also with the law of attraction, we talk about, we look at people and say, well, you must have, you know, you pulled that to you in some way, or you, there's your fear, and it's subconscious, and it's this, and it's that. Yes, most of the time that, that's true. However, there are major events that are put in our lives and in the group consciousness that occur, which we have nothing to do with. When we look at these things, we cannot make blanket statements like that. Each person needs to weigh their own heart and figure out if there is something that they did to, to cause this or if there is something that they can do to get out from under it or what they're supposed to learn from it. Because also in the Bible, Job 36.15, which is a lot further into the story, it says, but God teaches men through suffering and uses distress to open their eyes. 36.21, be careful not to turn to evil in your suffering, for your suffering was sent to keep you from it. So sometimes bad things happen in order to redirect us. Now, of these two things, bad things happen because we create it. If you are the type of person to commit adultery and you lie and you're abusive and you've been through five or six marriages, that's something you brought on yourself. That is not Job-like suffering. If you are a person who is driving down the street and a drunk driver hits you, and you have major injuries from that that take years for you to get through, that is more like Job-like suffering. That is something that you did not cause, but the other person caused. But why is it there in your life? Maybe it takes you from being a person who's unappreciative to being a person who's very appreciative. Maybe it takes you from being a corporate mogul to being someone who really uses your life to bring light to others and who thoroughly enjoys every day because you know it may be your last and you don't know. Then you have something like 9-11 that happens that is on such a huge, grand scale that it affects everyone. That is put into the world. Major catastrophes like that happen in order to wake people up. It opens you to your spirituality. Through pain and suffering often, our emotional defense mechanisms are broken down to a point where God can then come in. Oftentimes, we protect ourselves so much from each other that we also don't allow the flow of God or the Christ energy to come through us. So that's one of the lessons of Job. And I, this is one of my favorites. Stupid men will start being wise when wild donkeys are born tame. That's Job eleven twelve. So they talk about wisdom. And this is where I would like to show you that the Bible's 
are different, are very different. Now, Job 12, 12, in the King James Version, now listen carefully to what I'm saying. With the ancient is wisdom, and in length of days understanding. With him is wisdom and strength. He hath counsel and understanding. Now, if you read the King James Bible, you know when they say with him is wisdom, they generally are referring to God, although in this King James Version, the hymn was not capitalized, and usually the capital is, is what refers to God. Um, that's a little tricky. Then we go to the Message Bible. Now, these are the same verses. Do you think the elderly have a corner on wisdom, that you have to grow old before you understand life? True wisdom and real power belong to God. From him, we learn how to live and also what to live for. See the difference in those two things? In the King James Version, they're saying, well, wisdom comes from age. Um, they're not even saying uh, experience, but they're, they're saying basically age is what gives you wisdom. Now, we all know just because someone is taught a lesson doesn't necessarily mean that they learned it. Whereas in the Message Bible, it's much more clear that you don't have to be old to be wise, but you have to know God to be wise, and that wisdom comes from God. Here's the same passage, Job 12, 12, from the Amplified Bible. With the aged, you say, is wisdom, and with lengths of days comes understanding. But only with God are perfect wisdom and might. He alone has true wisdom and counsel. So again, this was kind of a cross between King James and um, the Messenger Bible, or the Message Bible. But again, it's stating you don't get wisdom from age. You get wisdom from God. You could be as old as the hills and still not have learned anything. To me, that's a pretty big statement. That's pretty huge. This one caught my eye. Job 12.5. This is from the Common Bible. In the thought of one who is at ease, there is contempt for misfortune. Let me read it to you again. In the thought of one who is at ease, there is contempt for misfortune. So, that is a statement that is still true today. I mean, everything we talked about is still true today, but that one really, really hits home, especially in America right now, and I'm sure throughout the world where there are financial difficulties. And you look at some people, and they're very, very judgmental, and they just lump everyone who is suffering from misfortune together. Are there people who abuse these systems that are meant to help the underprivileged or meant to help people who are going through a rough period? Of course there are. Does it mean everybody is doing that? No, it doesn't. Does it mean everybody who's on unemployment right now is really not making any kind of an effort to find a job? No. Does it mean that everybody who has had to turn to welfare and food stamps, that they're not really trying? No. Does it mean that everybody who's on welfare is trying? No, it doesn't. I mean, a lot of people are welfare are on welfare for generations because 
I mean, they're shown other ways. They're educated. The school system is there, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. If you really want to learn, you're going to learn, but that's something that's instilled in you. So basically what this is saying is that when we are having a good time of it, when we are prosperous, we look down at people who aren't. When things come easy to us, I mean, think about this. Any of you guys, think about something that you do well that comes easy for you. People who are athletic, people who are book smart, people who just have a lot of common sense. Don't we criticize our brothers and sisters who don't have those same gifts? Don't we look at them and say, well, you know, I don't know where they thought about that. Like, where did that come from? A father who has a son who's not athletic and he was captain of the football team, doesn't he tell his kids so many times, just do it. It's simple. Just do it. It's really not that hard. But for that child, it is that hard. Someone who has a gift for mathematics versus someone who doesn't. And we do this to each other all the time. Now let's get to the point of the story as a whole. Basically what happens in the story is Job is the most favored of all people on earth. God loves him so much. He gives him everything. He is literally the wealthiest man in the world. He's like J.K. Rowling of his time. He has everything you would ever want. He is prosperous. He is happy. He has a beautiful, loving wife. He has uh, seven sons and daughters. They're all prosperous. They're all doing well. The family is close and loving. His kids go to each other's houses every Sunday to worship with one another and have a feast. He has plenty of um, servants, all who admire him. He helps the poor. He, he helps widows and orphans. And he's just a wonderful person. I mean, when he sees something that needs to be done to help someone, he does it. He is the ultimate man. The ultimate human. Seeing all this, God is like, yeah, that's my Job. And Job is very loving, and every week he gives an offering just in case one of his kids did something bad to make sure that God knows that they didn't mean it. So God is having a council with the sons of God. And depending on how you interpret the the Bible can go any ways, many different ways, but we're not going to get into that right now. So anyway, Satan shows up, and he's like, Satan, what are you even doing? He's like, oh, I've been walking up and down the face of the earth, and I notice, you know, this Job guy, he really protects. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's my most loyal person. And Satan says, anybody can be loyal when they have everything that he's got. Of course he's loyal. Take away some of his stuff. Let me, let me work on him a little bit. And he said, well, that's fine, but don't touch Job himself. So Satan says, fine. So Satan takes away all of his wealth and kills all of his kids. And Job is distraught. I mean, all this happens within minutes. And he says, God giveth and God can take us away. That is where that line comes from. Praise God. So instead of looking at, I mean, he's in despair, yes. But instead of looking at, oh, my God, what happened? All this is taken away from me. He looks to what he still has. And says, thank you, God, for what I still have, and he's still faithful. So time passes. God has another meeting. Saint shows up again. He's like, yeah, well, psh, that was tough, but, you know, let me get him, and we'll see how great he feels. 
So God said, well, fine, but don't kill him. So Satan goes and he gives Job a disease, which is very physically debilitating. Everybody can see it. I mean, it's disgusting. So he leaves his house and he's out in the street and he just pours dirt on himself and try and stop the itching and the inflammation and everything else that's going on. He's got these sores and these boils and he just looks awful. So while he's sitting out there, in the beginning, he's I know God will cure me. I don't know why this is happening, but I'm sure it's happening for a reason and God will cure me. God will come to my aid. That is twice that they dropped the call. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio. Anyway, this is the meaning of the book of Job. If you would like to discuss it further, or you would like me to write a blog on this subject, please email me at Geraldine at voiceofspirit.com. My name is spelled G-E-R-A-L-Y-N. Geraldine at voiceofspirit.com. My hope for you is that you take to heart the lessons learned in the book of Job and that we all come together, as Jesus taught, to have compassion for people and to realize that our petty judgments really mean nothing. We need to take responsibility for what we do in order to find forgiveness in ourselves, others, and the Lord. But things do happen, and I believe everything happens for a reason. And Job was the brunt of a big lesson for the entire world, and he took that on, and he never lost faith. He got frustrated, but he always tried to speak to God and find intercession. So with that being said, this is your host, Geraldine St. Joseph, signing off Bible study. This was our first session with the book of Job. Contact me with questions, comments, and suggestions at Geraldine at voiceofspirit.com. Aloha. Have a blessed day.